All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm Kyle Fincham. This is Behind the Movement. My guest today is Nil Tiesner. Um, such a pleasure to connect with him. So we will get to that conversation very quickly. I'm just going to make a couple of announcements. Um, we're going to be in Europe for the uh, end of summer and, and beginning of fall here. Uh, I think I'll be doing a few infinite play workshops, but a couple are on the calendar right now. If you are interested in signing up, uh, the first one is on September 4th in Portugal, in Lisboa. Um, yeah, the crew over at uh, Movement Lisboa is giving me some support to uh, bring the event together. So big thank you to them. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to check it out. I'm excited to uh, move and groove with that group out there. So if you're anywhere near Portugal, I'd love to see you there. Uh, you can go to my website, kylefincham.com to sign up. The next event that we've got on the calendar that we just uh, announced this week um, will be in Barcelona on October 2nd and 3rd, uh, a two-day workshop. And it's hosted by Tom Wexler of Movement Archery. Um, I'm super excited about that. Uh, I'm, ex I'm excited to go to Barcelona <clears throat> for the first time. So uh, if you're anywhere near there, I would love to see you. If you want to sign up, <clears throat> you can go to my website or you can go to movementarchery.com and just go to their uh, event schedule. And there's information on registering there. Um, yeah, as things come together, I think there will be uh, maybe a couple more events. So I will keep you updated on, uh, on how those things unfold. Great. That was quick and easy. So my uh, conversation with Nil Teesner uh, was wonderful. Um, can't say enough good things about, uh, about speaking with Nil. Um, if you're not familiar with his work, let me give you a little bit of his background. He's been involved in various physical disciplines since he was a child and passes on his experience and ideas for a holistic, long-lasting, fulfilling, and joyful movement practice. <clears throat> his teaching is characterized by his interest and practice of many systems and disciplines, including dance, rehabilitation, parkour, acrobatics, artistry, climbing, weight training, gymnastics, combat, yoga, meditation, and body work. The teaching goes beyond the physical, exploring aspects such as learning experiences, exploration of the self, and trust in one's own body. Over the years, Nil has attended numerous seminars with various teachers and studied for himself with the help of books, articles, interviews, and podcasts, and maintains and exchanges with various teachers. Um, I would also add, if you're you're unfamiliar with Nil's work, to, to make sure you follow him on Instagram. It's just at Nil Tiesner, um, and he has a, a various opportunities for online support. And um, I've actually crossed paths with a, a number of of teachers who who follow his online work um, and always have the best things to say. So, with all of that said, let's not waste any time. This is my conversation with Neil Tiesner. Summer times is always for me, practice is nice, but it's super intuitive, a lot of skateboarding. And then here and there, whenever friends are around, it's like very playful and intuitive, nothing like super structured, but nice. it's perfect. Yeah. I feel like more and more people that I talk to, like it starts, it's, it sounds like that is a little bit more of like the way people are kind of Mm. Now start beginning to like at least create space like in the way that they practice a little more playful mm, that's cool yeah I mean for me it's it's really supernatural to to practice like this since mm -hmm. I've been growing up skateboarding and whatnot and yeah it's very natural for me to simply follow what the day brings <laughs> I guess mm. so it's mm. like home base yeah what, so you was skateboarding like what you were doing as a kid? 
Um, yeah, I started skateboarding like when I was 10 or 11, something like this. And before that, like I've been outside all the time. I've been always physically active in one way or the other. Uh, but then skateboarding was like major shift from 10, 11. And then for, I think like six years or seven straight years, basically only skateboarding until I transitioned then back into other stuff. But it's like, it was a big, big thing for me. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Did you, did you watch any of the skateboarding in the Olympics? How do you feel about it in competition? I guess as well. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I didn't watch it live, but mm-hmm. I watched some, some, some cuts of it like on YouTube then. And I mean, divided opinions i think about the olympics skateboarding there on the one hand side it's perfect so that it gets a little bit more recognition hopefully also a little bit more money will then flow into skateboarding so pro skaters can actually make a nice living off of it Mm -hmm. um more attention and whatnot so it's super nice but then on the other side the culture is so much bigger than simply trying to define who the best is there it's for me really impossible to say this is the best skateboarder. Obviously, you can say he's technically super good and maybe better at other people, but then there's also like the style aspect and like the whole how he's skateboarding and whatnot. So it's it's divided, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think about this a bit. Like, you know, it seems like we always want to, like a collective we, not you and I, I don't think, but uh, <laughs> we always want to take these things and like turn them into like, competition or mm. or something that is like judged and measured you know because i realize mm. like there's competition kind of within everything but like it's it's different when it's like kind of like within the culture in an artistic way of like kind of like playful competition versus like now we judge it we put mm. points and scores on things and it's just very codified in that way yeah absolutely um, and to me there's a little bit of like i don't know I don't know, maybe it bums me out a bit being like, do we, do we have to turn everything into like a measurable competition? Exactly. Because like in skateboarding, there has been competitions forever since mm-hmm. the start of skateboarding, there had been like little competitions and gatherings and whatnot, but usually it's been mostly going there and like having fun and also big community aspect. And now obviously into in the Olympics, it's, it's very different. So mm-hmm. it's a different kind of competition than that yeah we'll see it also does this thing too right where it's like it's really easy to score like the the technical aspects and the technique Mm. right but like the other side of the coin like the the spirit or the experience or the thing like that really fills Mm. in like the artistic gaps absolutely i don't know is it i don't think it doesn't seem to me like it can be as measurable that's subjective quality so it's like you know i think it means that people lean really hard into the techniques Mm. as a and and don't let the 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 spirit gaps be filled in the same way yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i can see this now for example in the olympics there is this guy very inspirational guy maybe you know him if not maybe look him up his his name is andy anderson Mm -hmm. he's a pretty young dude i think like 24 ish Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. super creative skater very good started as a kid and he has been influenced by different styles of skateboarding. So he's like very big into skating, skate parks. So the bowls, what you can also see in the Olympics, but then also street and freestyle stuff that you probably know from Rodney Mullen. And he has like influences in all of them and he's super in all of them. But he's like the mover of skateboarding, but not super specifically overly good in one thing. And now that he's in the Olympics, he's super creative in combining different stuff, but it's not enough to play at the level of people that only specialize in one thing sorry to say so it's you can't you can't judge that really but mm-hmm. it's like all of the skaters watching know how how beautiful this is uh, but yeah 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 i mean i you know i'm with you it's like anything that kind of shines light on something you know there's there's something special there where it brings more attention to these people and these artists and these athletes but it also like when i look at the things that are very artistic i'm like oh it has a it has the ability to start kind of putting it into boxes and, mm. you know, it's, I don't know, it's exciting when things haven't, you know, had the walls built up around them yet. So I was thinking mm-hmm. about this as well, cause I've gotten to hang out with some of these break dancers and break dancing will be in the Olympics in four years mm-hmm. in Paris. 
and talking about that. And like, some of them are super amped about it. Some of them are amped, but they're also kind of asking that question, like, why does everything need to be turned into a competition? I assume that there are people who are like, listen, this is an art form. It doesn't need to be there. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing to kind of observe. Yeah, definitely. Feel you. Yeah. So did you, you know, so you skated like through like your kind of like your teenage years where you also playing other sports and things as well? Um, I mean, the thing is, like I said before, I was super or I am very playful in a way mm -hmm. so that I, while I was skateboarding, I also like, I don't know, played with cartwheels and handstands and like, I was just very interested in, 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 in moving in a way. Um, what I did not do was like actually go somewhere to, to practice any other sports. Like I've been doing a little bit of Aikido and soccer as a kid, but mm -hmm. just very minimally. And I noticed then because it was for me back in the days, a little bit too constraining in a way. Mm -hmm. So I just did stuff by myself. I remember, for example, you know, reading Dragon Ball and then at home practicing some, some martial arts with a, with a, rolled up tatami mat, tatami mat or something like this so <laughs> I, I was doing different stuff but skateboarding was like the the major thing and the more yeah. frame thing in a way i love the mindset of skateboarding mm. in some ways that's the thing that i sometimes feel like is missing from a lot of like the mainstream kind of fitness movement paradigms yeah is that kind of like a yeah, that skateboarding mindset that like, you know, falls aren't failures, right? The, mm. the ability to kind of like be playful and keep kind of experimenting and trying things. And mm. there's, 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 yeah, it's a, it's that, yeah, that playful mindset. It's, you know, without as much judgment. Yeah, definitely. Huge. Um, I mean, I've been thinking a lot how, how we can, or how I can extract certain things from skateboarding into my other practices and into my work and whatnot and how beneficial that is. And it's, it's beautiful. One thing, for example, that came to my mind was the idea that I sometimes have the feeling in other scenes and then also like in, in movement culture, there are certain skills that are like staples, things that you, that you need to acquire something, I don't know, QDR, handstand, uh, sissy squats and whatnot. These are like names that people notice and they, it's just part of the game in a way. For me, I think it is not. And in skateboarding, um, it is completely the opposite. For example, there is a game that you call, it's called Game of Skate. Um, people gather and one uh, person does a trick on the flat ground or wherever, and the other try to do exactly the same thing. And in this game, you can really see beautifully how everybody has their own styles and prefers certain tricks. For example, if I skate with other skaters, I now have a quite unique style in my skateboarding. So I can do many tricks that other people can't do not because I'm better, but because it's just my choice, my preference. And I can't do many of the tricks that everybody is doing because it simply doesn't resonate with me in a way. So, and this is a common thing in skateboarding that you do not have to be this guy being able to do all of those flip tricks and then going grinding and whatnot, but you can choose your style and your prefer preferences in a way. Oh, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I feel like you, you said it way better than I've said it recently. <laughs> Because I, I, I feel the same way. I feel like there's a certain kind of thing where it's like, these are kind of like the, I don't know, like the movement signs or the movement kind of mm. uh, like, like signaling that you do movement because there are certain mm. movements. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I agree with you. I don't think it, I don't think it has to be that way. And in some ways it's more exciting when you get 10 or 15 or 20 people together who all have played in different ways. And then you get mm -hmm. together and do the game kind of that you're talking about, mm -hmm. right? The, the kind of like add-on game with each yeah. other. And there's yeah. so much more to learn when you have 20 people who all have kind of chosen, excited, in an exciting way, chosen their own unique routes. Mm -hmm. and everybody can learn from one another because I feel like there's a lot less to learn when everybody is doing the exact same things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel you. So how do you kind of um, approach that with that kind of mindset with, uh, I don't know, the things that you're presenting and sharing? How do you, how do you kind of like frame that to the world? Mm -hmm. um, 
So interesting topic. I think at first, um, what I present students or other people is some of my work, and then they will need to do it because this is this is how we start. And then with time and practice, they they will notice that some things are easier for them and other things are not so easy for them. So this could be one way or the first step maybe of saying, okay, why is that now super hard for you? Why can't you go there? And maybe it's because they say, look, I don't know. It feels like I have, I don't have the, um, the physical capacities. I don't have the strength and the mobility to go there. So then we, we could say, yeah, we work on this or we don't because you maybe don't need to do exactly this specific move. So we can then change routes. This could be maybe the first step. Another step is that if they start practicing and if they then start practicing a little bit longer, most of my students will start presenting videos online of some girl or dude doing a move or trick and say, look, this is so fucking cool. I want to learn that. And then I can already see, okay, this is something that sparks their interest. It does not need to spark mine, but that's okay. But it sparks their interest. So we could, for example, say, okay, no, that's cool. We could learn that. So maybe let's go there. Um, and this could be another route. And I think most of the things um, or the biggest part of the process is that it takes time. Finding style and uniqueness and preferences really takes time. Um, if somebody would come to me the first day and I'm like, okay, now we just do whatever you want. The person would most likely be, I don't know what I want. I, I don't know. Let's start somewhere. And then the process then shows um, yeah, maybe, maybe certain certain tendencies in a way. Also, another thing could be then um, if they practice and they notice, for example, they have limited space because they simply do not have a, a nice dojo to practice in outside. It's winter at the moment, so they have just limited space. So then this frame basically dictates what we can do. And within they, this frame, they can choose to, to to do certain things and let go of others. So it's like, yeah, it's a dynamic process in a way to figure out where people want to go. But it's a, it's a big point of mine to every once in a while talk with people about this and actively confront them with, look, the way you're moving right now, how, how does it feel? Do you feel like you want to go somewhere with it? Is anything out there that inspires you? And this hopefully then starts, uh, starts a nice process of, of finding own tendencies. Beautiful. I mean, it's like, you're really, um, you're really doing this thing to me that I spoke with, uh, David Wilson about, you know, him on Instagram, old school moves. Yeah. Um, and he was an educator for like 30 something years in Canada teaching like creative writing. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, you know, movement specifically really kind of like thinking about teaching and, and taking the time to like, not just be kind of caught up in like how great skills are, but, and, and that, that might be the measure of how good of a teacher someone might be, but also really thinking to ourselves, you know, maybe I'm teaching and this person's learning, but they have as much to teach to me as I have to teach to them, right? Because they're mm -hmm. walking in with mountains of information about themselves that they know that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that should be respected so both people are teacher and student at the same time yeah sure so hearing you say that makes me think of that because it's almost like maybe starting somewhere and then kind of uh as you said almost confronting and being like hey like you know teach me for a moment about like where you're at and what's going on mm -hmm. yeah definitely i mean it's um it's not an easy process i think figuring out where you want to go and, and whatnot should be practiced actively because if you never really practice this and you simply follow what somebody is proposing to you or giving to you, it's very hard to then find actually your own voice in a way. So, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. For some people, I think it's also, um, I have students who have been practicing with me for quite a while and they are completely content with sticking to what I propose to them and they feel like this is enough for them and they don't need to actively search for, for their own style or something like this um, because this is not what they're looking for in, in this practice. They maybe have it somewhere else in their life, but in this practice, this is not something they, 
they maybe want to achieve. So um, for me, it's a very, I, I feel it a lot and I really want to go there, finding my own whatever. Um, but I don't think it is something that I should press on other people that they should do it as well. Um, so I think just a nice point to bring in here. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. So within the people who who are kind of content with you just presenting to them what they sh- what you think is 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 what they should be doing, you know, you you were kind of critical of kind of like the the movement pillars, maybe. Mm-hmm. So what what kind of material do, do you present to 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 those people um, that that you think are maybe kind of like the you know, the, the generalist roadmap, maybe. So um, just a rephrase, so I understand correctly. If somebody does not want to search for their own and have to search, what do I give them, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe then general about the, the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different depending on who is coming to me. Since mm-hmm. I've been working in, in different fields and studying different stuff, also the way that I present work is... Um, it's quite, how do you say, um, variable in a way. So some people might come to me with certain fixed goals and they want to achieve this or that. And then we try to, to, to start the process. And then everything from, from general capacity work, um, seeing if anything that we can do in terms of mobility, strength, coordination, very basic motor skills uh, could be useful for them. Or if they can already play with more more integrated stuff, more, uh, more complex ideas. Uh, but then on exactly what I'm doing with them really depends who I'm having in front of me. And this is also the, the part that I love about my work. If I work with people uh, offline, so face-to-face, I can directly see it or online in a one-to-one setting that I start to get to know those people and then also think, okay, this could be something for you that could be interesting out of the stuff that you have been doing with me. So um, is that an answer to, to the question in a way? Yeah, I think, it, yeah. And I think it's like, a, uh, it's like the right kind of elusive answer. It's the, <laughs> I don't know. It's like the elusive answer that I, that, I, that I enjoy. It's not saying like, oh, well, here's the box that I put the people into who want to just mm. do, who don't, who don't want to have to kind of go on the exploration on their own. Mm-hmm. It's still it's yeah. still saying um, that you you kind of yeah you look at who's in front of you and you decide with what they're offering and the relationship you have with them yeah. what looks like an interesting next step for both of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe also something that is <laughs> deep part of the way how I work uh, in my personal practice. When I work on something, I love to share it. And I try to share it to my students in a way so they can process it, mm-hmm. even though they might be complete beginners in a way. Although I think that nobody is a real beginner, but they maybe have not so much um, um, insights yet or practice yet. How can I share the stuff that I'm right now personally super interested in in, in a way that is beneficial for them? Because mm-hmm. then A, I learn more about the topic and B, I can really go to where my, my inspiration is right now and my passion right? So, um, and, and my passions and what I'm interested in obviously changes over, over time. So it's also that the work is, is changing a little bit. Um, back in the days when I was more into like hand balancing and uh, like gymnastic strength and whatnot, most of the stuff that I would work on with my students was also that stuff. Right now, more of the acrobatics and like um, the practice that I have right now it's much more interesting to me personally. So I try to present it in a way that is super beneficial for them. Still knowing obviously that gymnastics type of work or whatnot is also super, could be interesting for them, but it, it must not be the way to start. So we can also maybe start from the place that I'm in right now in a broken down way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you kind of, mentioned it briefly, but like, what, where is it? Where, where do your interests lie currently? Mm-hmm. Um, so my practice consists of, um, I have the acrobatics part and within the acrobatics, um, I, I just love practicing acrobatics currently. Um, and it's a quite big field. So there's different parts to the acrobatics practice. I, for example, have like more 
tricking style acrobatics, uh, taking stuff more into the air and flipping around, then more like softer acrobatics on the floor. And this is this is a huge interest of, interest of mine right now. And then combining this also in a more, I don't know, free-flowing dance and uh, finding continuity in that, like this whole aspect of, of moving is super interesting to me. And then playing with all of this in mind with the idea of improvising with this material in certain frames or settings. Um, this is also personally very interesting, uh, interesting to me right now. Mm-hmm. But then since I'm very interested in, in many different things, there's like a lot of impulses from, uh, yeah, from the outside that like act on me while I practice this stuff. So there is like, I don't know, one, another big part or huge part that is super inspiring is like moving with as much ease and effortlessness that I can, for example, and I can practice this in skateboarding or my acrobatics or elsewhere. So I would say I have interest in, in like concepts and then also interest in like um, stuff that you can actually like name, for example, like acrobatics in a way. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I like the, I'm with you. I like the balance of the two because I think we have a tendency to lead hard, lean hard in one direction or the other sometimes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, um, like in like contemporary dance, we can lean really hard into just like conceptual work and then, Oftentimes in like movement spaces, it can just be leaning really hard into like names mm-hmm. and definitions. And like, yeah, I, I really do believe it's like this like dance between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um, also, this is like super necessary for me since I'm so um, number one, broadly interested. Number two, like mindset that I have a lot is like playfulness, intuitive kind of mindset where other people are much more structured and a lot more like super clarity of what they're doing. I really like approaching my practice in this a little bit more open way and saying, okay, look, actually saying, what is it that I want to do today? And, and going there a little bit more and embracing that. This is really honestly just the way that I have been practicing for many, many years. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh... Yeah. It, it makes me think of that show. I brought it up on here before. There's this TV show called Alone. Have you watched it? No. They send uh, like 10 people into the Arctic to survive by themselves and they have to hunt and they have to gather and they have to mm-hmm. build, a, build a home and everything. And, and they're totally by themselves. They even have to like video themselves, but kind of the each day they kind of do the thing that you're talking about where they wake up each day and they have to kind of like look at the weather, look at what's happening with the wind, see like what they have food wise, what's happened to their shelter. Mm -hmm. And it's like only then can they kind of start kind of being like, okay, well, what can I do today? Mm -hmm. Like they can't be so structured because Mm -hmm. inevitably other things are going to happen that, that, that affect their quote plan you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So it's like, even though we have the privilege of kind of things being more available and sanitized, mm-hmm. right. Kind of walking into the day with like, kind of the like open eyes and being like, all right, like what, what, what happens today? Mm-hmm. You know, might be a little more like, uh, I don't know how, how we've evolved to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, with that being said, and I fully agree, I think it's still for me at least necessary to have like overarching um frames to that so that i obviously know kind of the direction in, in in which i'm going it's not like i'm waking up and i'm like what should i do today and i just do random anything stuff but it's like under this umbrella of of my interests so it's like a an improvised intuitive approach within a more structured approach right so mm-hmm. uh, like also finding here the balance of of the two is necessary for me because if I simply would wake up each and every day, like, let's do something, what do I feel like? <laughs> I would personally have the tendency of just going everywhere. And mm-hmm. everywhere for me is nowhere. So I mm-hmm. need to channel my energy a little bit to more or less go into the same direction. Yeah. yeah. So what are some things that, I mean, for somebody who's so, I don't know, I guess I want to use the word curious for you. Like you're super mm-hmm. curious and like wants to like put your hands on a lot of things. What are some of the things that you haven't like 
touched yet that you, that are out there that you that you want to get to? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's other fields that I haven't been so involved in that I really want to go. For example, one of them being martial arts. Um, I have a little bit of experience, but this is a, a whole complete field that I that I think within the next, I don't know, decade, decade or something, I want to go there. Um, but now within my own practice, um, I mean, there are certain moves that I want to um, maybe look at and acquire. And I'm, I could name some moves right now. I don't know if that is if that is too interesting or whatnot, but I'm the, the acrobatics that I'm practicing right now i definitely want to continue and bring forwards but i do not have like certain fixed points of like this move or that move is exactly what i want to be learning but i'm inspired by a few moves and i i will shift my practice in this way and Mm -hmm. then honestly and openly i i can't give you a precise answer to this question Mm -hmm. um because not really the way that i think and i also I also don't practice this way. It's really, it's a surprise. And I also, I'm, I do not get turned on so much by like having ideas like this in my, my head. This is, I can't do it yet. And maybe I want to do it. Yeah. I don't know. It's more like I, I practice and then things will start to start to show up basically in a way. I, I just remember like when I, before I started doing jujitsu, I remember like, for for a few years just being like all right like I'm, the schedule's not really there i don't really have the time but like the moment it like cracks open mm-hmm. like i want to like put my hands on that mm-hmm. you know and i and, and that's that that's like the a feeling that i get once in a while for certain things where i'm like all right well you know the world is kind of moving a certain way and i'm going to keep riding that wave but like when i get pulled back into shore oh mm-hmm. you know like there's this thing i want to like i want to touch a little bit Mm-hmm. you know yeah and sometimes that to me that's fun and exciting to like uh have like just kind of like dancing around in my mind yeah i completely feel you i feel though for me sometimes it's a little bit maybe the opposite way that uh, because i have a lot of free time mm-hmm. uh, i can really if i want to do, start something new right now uh, it's not like that i have to, to to squeeze it into my schedule really i have quite a few uh, a lot of free time because it's necessary for me uh, so I could potentially do a lot of things, but because I want to do so many different things, I'm more like of trying to build a little hut around me and try to stay with the things that I'm doing right now. Because yeah. there is obviously so many things out there, like from martial arts to gardening to going back into surfing, uh, yada, yada, yada. So there are so many different things that are super interesting to me, but I know that if I would go there right now, it would be too much. Yeah. So it's like kind of, I'm in this process of right now of, I have my practice and I simply continue practicing <laughs> the rest then will show up. Um, and yeah, for me, for example, like with the martial, martial arts, I have many connections here in Munich in the city where I live. I mm-hmm. could easily go there, but I know it's not the right time. Um, but maybe if I'm, um, I don't know, next winter, if I'm abroad somewhere and directly in my street, there is like a jujitsu place maybe this gives me the right spark to then say, okay, let's for this time right now do it. But mm-hmm. otherwise I would be, I would be overwhelming myself a little bit too, bit, uh, too much. Yeah. I so I feel that. like, yeah, I feel like pretty settled in, in what I'm doing right now currently. Yeah. Have you, have you done any jujitsu? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe half a year or a little bit more, something mm-hmm. like this, but nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it's uh, it has that. I don't know. I I used to like walk around Brooklyn, and I would watch and I would watch people in the skate parks, mm-hmm. and I thought it was just like mesmerizing the way that like people would just like work on one trick or one line or something over and over and over until they got it. Mm-hmm. And when I watch people do jujitsu, and I do jujitsu, but like being on the outside when I'm sitting outside on the mat and watch people, I don't know. There's like a similar feeling to like what it was mm-hmm. like watching the skateboarders. So mm, nice. I wonder if, uh, yeah, once you spend some time there, if there will be some, some nostalgia that comes with it in some ways. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you teach, um, in-person classes as well or workshops? Um, yes. So classes currently not, I've been teaching classes for many years, but I think 
two years ago, I decided to stop teaching classes here simply because of the way that I, that I live right now with traveling a lot and needing a lot of time for myself and practice and whatnot. Um, but I teach uh, a lot of workshops in person. So this is definitely what I do. And it's a, it's a better setting for me currently. But I had classes here in Munich for, I don't know, well over four or five years or something. Wow. Yeah. So you, you had a, a group that you were working with on like a more regular basis? Um, yeah. So basically back in the days, I was, for example, working in a CrossFit studio. Uh, mm. CrossFit was for three years part of my life. And I had like this, we called it gymnastics class, but it was actually much more like of a movement lab for myself where I could experiment with the people. And it was like, I think three years we, we, we did run this class and there was like a, people coming frequently over this time and getting part of the group. And then after three years, I decided to, uh, to let go of the CrossFit and I then also didn't work there as a trainer anymore. So I um, did my own classes, organized them in like this um, parkour kids playground, whatever place, it was a very strange place, but quite nice in a way. And then we simply kept on going with the group there. Uh, many people from the CrossFit community came, uh, but also new ones. And I did this for probably two years or something like this. Um, so there was like a group of people actually coming then for sometimes five years or shorter, but yeah. Wow. I've got my, 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 my story is very similar. I started in a CrossFit gym and it was called gymnastics class, but it was really something else. (laughs) Um, But it was also like at the time, you know, uh, and maybe you noticed this, it was like, it was, there was enough similarity that it fit very nicely. Like, you know, we Mm -hmm. were doing all the muscle ups and the handstands and the handstand pushups and all these, these, these skills that like the CrossFitters really wanted to work on. Yeah. So it fitted nicely. It was, you know, it only started getting weird, like at the end when we were doing things that were very not gymnastic related, like, <laughs> like more dance and, 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 you know, rough housing and things like that. And it was, yeah, that's, that, that's when it, it started to feel funny in there, but it was, you know, it used to be, this, I mean, it was a gateway drug for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Big mm-hmm. time. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing, actually, if you, if you can manage to, to stay 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 sane in the community in a way but yeah it's uh, it's quite nice yeah so what happened with uh your group then so like as you because you, you you had some people that you were seeing on a regular basis did you guys just decide that like it was time for it to dissolve or, or how did that unfold um no it was basically just because of the way that i that i uh, started living back then um seeing that i really like chatting more and more and that mm-hmm. I also like to spend winter somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just more like of a practical thing that it didn't really make sense to say, now we have like a, a group that is going every Tuesday and Wednesday, if every third week or fourth week, I'm, I'm gone for two weeks or three weeks or four weeks or whatnot. So um, currently then I decided basically to, uh, to let it go for now. Many of the people that have been in the group are still out there uh, working with me either individually or we we practice simply together um, whenever I practice or because I have a, quite a big of a community right here they simply practice with other teachers around um, so this is the beauty, beautiful stuff that it's not like the group has ended and they are all like gone mm-hmm. but they're like integrated in other groups or working with me still um, or also still waiting for the group to maybe revive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it was more like of a practical decision for myself. Yeah. Where, 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 so you said you like to spend a lot of time outside of Munich. Where do you like to go to and, and spend your time? Um, so I have discovered Portugal for myself. Last mm-hmm. winter, I was there for five months. Um, oh. And potentially this year, I will be there as well just the climate and yeah the winter here in Munich I can't stand it anymore and also I feel like there is something I do not exactly know what it is with traveling currently but something is there that is just in a way vital for me visiting other places and and going somewhere in a way Uh, but I've been to many beautiful places and also interested in going to other places 
but Portugal is definitely one of them that that stuck to my head. I'm going to be in Portugal in like one month exactly. Oh, nice. Yeah, in Lisbon. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Amazing. Never been. I'm excited. Maybe you should come yeah. and meet us there. I, it would be nice. It would be nice indeed. Um, I'm. I will be in Portugal end of October for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe I can do it before. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be so fun. Yeah. Um, have you Have you been to the United States? No, not yet. I mean, just once traveling through New York for when I went to Costa Rica, uh-huh. uh, but never actually been to to the states before. Oh man, when when traveling is is like easier internationally, we should do that. We should like plan a trip for you to come to the U.S. Mm, that would be nice, definitely. Yeah. Maybe we can like uh, co-teach some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that you will be in Barcelona as well. Yeah, I'll be in Barcelona. I'm another place I've ever been. Super excited. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Have you have you been there? Yeah, I've been there now uh, multiple times, and I can. I can confirm with what many people are saying. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> it's uh, it really it's a city that lives in a way. Really, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I realized after so for you know a lot of COVID, we spent time out of the city, and I had lived in Brooklyn for 15 mm-hmm. years, and I realized that like i i crave a city i love it i love being in a city there's like the 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 aliveness and the i don't know the rubbing shoulders with everybody and like i you know when you you don't get that in a lot of other places and and yeah so i feel like wherever we land next should be a city i would prefer Mm. a city Uh, interesting yeah i think i'm also like in this regard a little bit the opposite right now searching more for because I've been in a city all my life, growing up in a city and living in a city, mm-hmm. I have the tendency right now to be more in nature and have more open space in a way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you did you grow up in Munich? Yeah, actually, I was I was raised here, born raised here, and and grew up there. Wow. Yeah. Um, and did you like go to university in Munich as well? As well, yeah. So I actually, for the biggest part of my life, I've I've been staying here mm-hmm. so this is maybe also why the the traveling then got super interesting for me i could and see that yeah 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 thing is here in munich it's um although it's quite a big city we are super connected to nature so it's beautiful that we can simply escape here um and therefore it, I, I kind of have both the openness but then also the the crowdedness of the city but still traveling is a yeah i feel it mm-hmm yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to make my way out to Munich. Maybe we can find our way there when we're on this trip because we're going to be in Europe, you know, assuming everything kind of stays the way it's going to be like for like almost two months. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can uh, move in your direction a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What, what was it then? So how old are you, by the way? Sorry, once again? How old are you? I, I, didn't, I, I didn't ask. I'm curious. Uh, 27. 27. So yeah. you started, so you started like exploring movement, like in your early twenties then. Yeah. And like doing CrossFit and everything. Um, well, so I, um, I, I think I've, I stopped skating for a, for a long time for about six, seven years when I was 18, something like this maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then transitioned more into like fitness, mm-hmm. uh, and strength and whatnot. And through that discovered bouldering and then gymnastics types type of training and then crossfit so it was mm-hmm. like f- from 18 onwards i would say I, I i made my way through the the jungle of the the whole objects that are out there uh, yeah as f- in physical culture yeah but then yeah all throughout my my early 20s went through crossfit and then sometime also discovered stuff that ido did and did quite a yeah few different things in this time yeah interesting so who are like who are some of the people that you were kind of following movement wise and were picking up what they were putting down like the, the, mm. some of the, the the teachers and things and, and groups who were putting things out out there mm-hmm. um so i mean i was super inspired by by Ido's work obviously mm-hmm. um I don't know how many years ago this was, but I think this was my first contact to like the, 
what you would call now probably then movement culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I had different teachers, but there or people that I was super interested in. But I think it was more like locals from Munich in a way, uh, people that that sparked my interest. Interest so. Uh, like physical therapists or other trainers um, in a way, but I think mentioning them here right now, um, yeah, other people might not <laughs> uh, know them. So, but then, but I guess then from um, from the culture or people that other people actually might know, um, I was also interested in, in some of the stuff that Fighting Monkey was putting out there mm-hmm. and really interested by the, the way of their approach and uh, did some some workshops with them and whatnot. And then obviously I've been following Tom, Tom Wexler for uh, about five years right now and very influenced by, by his way of moving, his, his thinking uh, and his teaching. Um, and among the way, I really visited different people from, from the dance world to other people that are more like in the, in the movement culture, fear, uh, sphere. Um, connected and Jeremy White, especially with other people who are doing uh, similar stuff. So it's been, yeah, quite a few people actually that have been um, influential on my work. Um, yeah. Mm. And it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about how in the beginning, you were talking about um, how skateboarding and like the process of skateboarding, you've almost tried to begin to like integrate what that was like or is like into your teaching now. Mm-hmm. And, it, and there's been this theme with people I talk to where there's almost like this full circle thing that happens where it's like, you know, either in your case, kind of like coming out of like this kind of very artistic physical practice into like fitness and CrossFit, which is a little more like linear and, and boxed in some ways. Only mm-hmm. kind of like turn the corner and come around to the other side and like be suddenly revisiting, uh, yeah, all the things, including like the mindset of like what kind of pulled you in as a child. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, just as you said, like from the skateboarding where I really was able to to simply go with my feeling and go with my intuition and and like put work out there creatively and whatnot to this more also my studies of sports science and the CrossFit where I was super then interested in the whole scientific approach to training. And just as you said, the more like structured and this really needs to go there and this really needs to go there straightforward kind of thinking, rediscovering skateboarding re- and discovering uh, work, for example, that I did with Tom, seeing once again, the artistic side of that and then mixing both together in a way. And then, yeah, just as you said, it's like a full circle, but maybe not like a, um, a circle on a plane, but more like a spiral that kind of evolves like mm-hmm. this. So it's a mm-hmm. circle that has been added on with other stuff in a way. Yeah. 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 It's so true. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I see it. It's so funny. It's like, it feels like it's, it's this, this common theme that comes up among people that I talk to where it's like, yeah, somehow, and I'll start using your thing. I'll start saying a spiral that kind of like loops back around to like the beginning mm-hmm. in some way, but then continues on its way. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I do mean, I've, I've talked to a number of people who who have brought you up who are really, who really enjoy your work. Um, I know, like I talked to Rod Cooper, who's out in Australia. Mm, cool. And he said that he was, um, I think following like, you, you have like an acrobatics program online. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he was like speaking very highly of it. Ah, oh, cool. Nice. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Jean-Luca in Milan, right? Yeah. Is he studying with you online? Yeah, exactly. He's studying with me. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, he spent some time with me in New York and. Uh, ah, uh, nice. That's cool. And I'm going to be going there to, to teach in Milan as well. Amazing. Um, but I saw him post about you and, and I have such like a fondness for him. And he's like, uh, you know. I, I thought that was very cool that he was like working with you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I never actually got to meet him in person, but yeah. we were also talking about uh, me visiting uh, Milano and <laughs> potentially teaching there. And it's, it's great working with him. Actually, we have like a study group of uh, Christina is the girl's mm-hmm. name, the mm-hmm. woman's name in the group and then Gianluca. And then there is now a third person, uh, Lucia coming in as well. So it's like a, 
study group in Italy. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually with Rod, just like this morning, actually, we had a, a online Zoom session where we worked on some stuff with Rod. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, really. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah. I think yeah. They made, they, I, I, it's like I sensed it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Amazing. So uh, with, with like, uh, yeah, like what do you take? Because I, I, I know because I've gotten to do work with Tom as well. Mm-hmm. Do you do you play with a lot of like the kind of like undefined conceptual work with a lot of your students as well? Like imagination uh, and things like that? Yes, to mm-hmm. some extent, obviously. Um, mostly with people who are already experienced with the way that I teach and also the way that I practice mm-hmm. and that I, the way that I am, basically. Mm-hmm. Then I can, I can integrate stuff like this slowly. Um, also still having in mind that while teaching this, I'm still obviously learning because this is most of the stuff that I've been doing for now as a teacher for eight, nine years is more like of the logical, scientific uh, based mindset, right? So the artistic mindset is once again, still a, a little bit new thing to me. So when I, when I teach stuff like this, it's also more of a learning process for me. Um, so I'm a little bit more experimental with this kind of approach, but it's definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see the, the, very nice potential it has with my students that I've been working um, when I introduce more like um, more open work that is not so hard to uh, not so easy to define and uh, then also goes more towards that they need to figure out exactly what it is for them Um, but yeah it's part of that Mm -hmm. so um, only because I feel like I'm the other side because I like went to theater school and like spent a lot of time doing like performing arts and doing stand-up in New York and everything that like the the more like linear scientific side is always the side that I have to kind of like nudge myself towards mm-hmm. right and it's the other side that I feel more uh more comfortable with right mm-hmm. the like the more playful imaginative conceptual side um yeah do you do you feel like it's uh yeah, like like when you first started doing that work, did you feel like it was like you were almost trying to like um like rationalize it to try to be like like try to to, to define it in some ways? Because I've seen I've had people do that like oh like what are we doing? And it's like mm-hmm. sometimes the answer is just I don't. For me, I would just say I don't know. It's yeah an yeah, opportunity yeah. for you to learn what you need to learn. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I think not so much. Uh-huh. Because when I first started teaching stuff like this, I think I already integrated it enough that I know for myself that I do not know what I'm doing there myself. Mm-hmm. So then when I presented it to others, um, I already knew like it's not so hard to grasp and potentially also not even possible to really grasp. Um, so I think I didn't have this while teaching, but obviously when first, I think, Tom was actually one of the first teachers who pres- presented a little bit more abstract work to me when I uh, first went to his workshop. And definitely as a practitioner, then back in the days, I remember it was, I really tried to make sense of what he was presenting. And the process of making sense then completely hindered my body of <laughs> simply doing and going for it. Um, so I definitely know this process, um, but I think less in a teaching side then. Mm-hmm. right because if you're going to present it you've already like gotten yourself there most of the times yes sometimes i also present stuff that i that i'm working on uh, myself with but usually people then know it that it's mm-hmm. more like an experimental kind of thing what we're doing mm-hmm. i love that i love uh i love like the risk taking i don't know that's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff i enjoy i enjoy when a teacher comes in and says something like oh this is something something i've been playing with like you know yeah Cause then it's, I don't know, it shows a certain kind of um, humility, right? Which mm-hmm, is like mm-hmm. nice to like see in a teacher. It's very disarming. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Right. Cause sometimes people walk in with like um, the assertiveness and I, and I enjoy that well too, because then you feel like you're getting behind like a, a leader, but when someone comes in, it's almost like they've like lowered down being like, Hey, I'm going to be with you all right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's a quality I enjoy seeing in people. Yeah. And I think it's also for me then as a teacher, it's a very nice experience to, to put out something that I think is valuable, but I do not know still. And mm -hmm. that other people can be part of this. And then at the end, we can have like a feedback and everybody is, is giving their opinions and their thoughts. So I'm actually in this process. It's perfect for me to test it as well in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So have you been doing um, in-person workshops recently or has COVID uh, been limiting the ability to do that? No, I've, I have. Um, I think started from start of June or something here in Munich, we were able to, to teach again. Mm -hmm. um, so I think then somewhere start of June, I, I held my first workshops here again. And by the way, this is something that I, I forgot to mention earlier with the group. Um, it's not like that the group is completely dead, but mm -hmm. I, for example, have what I call the finding flow meetups. This is what it's currently called but back in the day. It had a different name, but right now it's the finding flow meetups. And once or twice every month on a Sunday for five hours, we meet up everybody who wants from the group. And it's kind of like a mini workshop where I present um, some stuff that I've been working on. And it's not like an open workshop then for everyone, but it's more like for the people who have been uh, to the group. And mm -hmm. this is something that I've been teaching now three or four times since I, I could again. Um, and then also something that is very dear to me is my intensive workshops where I invite people from either Germany or from other countries as well to visit me in Munich, stay for a weekend. And I really go deep with my uh, research and the stuff that I want to share. And also one of them we had, I think now three weeks ago, and it was beautiful to have mm -hmm. people and friends from all over Germany here, um, full weekend of practice. So like many hours a day and then yeah, really, really nice. So I, I'm super happy. Where, where do you host them in Munich? Where do you, do you have like a, a, a space that you rent out? Um, so basically part of the game is um, people pay for the workshop and not for accommodation. So there's something they, they need to figure out, but I have a, a spare room in my apartment, my little dojo, mm -hmm. and I can squeeze up to seven people in there. So mm -hmm. this is part of the whole intensive game that, it's so fun when like we're here in this apartment then seven or eight people or whatnot um, and they all sleep on the floor. Uh, I have a hammock here. So it's like, a, I don't know, very close feeling. So this is, this is where uh, some of the participants get to stay. And then also I have um, friends they can stay in. So it's usually nobody has to go in an apartment or something like this. Mm, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So you said you did one of those recently? Exactly. Like three weeks ago, maybe something like this. Okay. And you said that yeah. it's like invite for people who are in Germany? Um, so basically the idea with the intensives is that I, um, a lot of the material that I research and I want to share is, could be too abstract or maybe too advanced for people who have just been starting um, getting back into moving again or something like this but I still want to present it because it's a lot of fun and I learn a lot from doing that. So therefore I invite people who I know who have been either studying with me or have been up or have a practice uh, that is a little bit similar to mine maybe, or mm -hmm. I know that are super interested in learning and already have like a practice of, of moving a lot and also teaching. So basically people who I know that this information is not too much for um, and it could be either just people from Germany. Uh, this time it was like that, mm -hmm. simply because of the rule of uh, Corona travel mm -hmm. last year. And the year before, I also had people from, from France and Austria and, and Sweden and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So it's basically people that I know are interested in, in work like this because mm -hmm. of the way we have been communicating on, on social media or they have explicitly said like i really want to come visit you or whatnot so then it's time for them basically nice hey well while, while we're out there maybe we can uh maybe i can convince you to schedule one when we uh if we come through munich uh, yeah absolutely i really i would love to do that that would be so that would be so cool yeah i would uh i'd be so into that
Yeah, absolutely. It would be a pleasure having you here. Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, I would be thrilled because it's one of those things. I feel like maybe it was when we, you and I, were in like the same like Tom workshop together online, mm-hmm. like a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, you and I exchanged some messages when we were in there, just kind of like behind the scenes while like class was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Good to see you. And I don't know if we we had exchanged any other messages on Instagram, but maybe just like kind of like you know, that little like, Hey, mutual, like dig what you're kind of doing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know when we, when we were chatting there, I was like, Oh, like we might be like kindred spirits a little bit. I felt like I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, there's some, like, there's like some, some similarities here, but hearing about your background and skateboarding and, and coming through fitness and CrossFit and stuff, it just reminds me so much of like, I don't know, certain aspects of my life that, uh, that I have like a fondness for, but in a different way. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I would love to really meet up uh, in person then. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man, and then uh, we can uh, we can talk about the alchemist. <laughs> yes, in absolutely. Person. Yeah, absolutely. So, what are some of the things coming up? If people want to like connect with you, if they want to learn from you, if they want to learn online, what is the what is the way to do that? Mm. So, online it's pretty simple and straightforward. Um, there's different stuff that I'm doing online. Easiest way if people are interested in, in my style, in the way that I present work, whatever, they can check out my website and I have like online programs or online courses there for handstands and then the what I call finding flow. So like my concept of acrobatics and this combined with improvisational work and whatnot. And they can simply purchase this um, and that's the easiest way. And this is basically meant for people who simply want to have like an insight of what I'm doing. And it could be great for that if they really want to work with me. Um, it's easy to also like schedule uh, online support where we, it's like a um, coaching setting where we are like actively Skyping and talking and whatnot and working on, on certain goals, uh, reflecting on different stuff. So uh, online work is, is always accessible. And then if, um, if people want to study and learn and exchange maybe uh, offline this is possible then via the workshops in october i will be traveling hopefully if corona will allow that uh, to austria to uh, switzerland then also to italy and portugal to teach and there is a workshop schedule on the on my website as well so easily to be to be checked out there and um, pretty straightforward then how has um if at all, I'm curious because you, it seems mm-hmm. like you were already doing a lot of work online during like the coronavirus time. Did it, did it change like some of your approaches to like online coaching or anything in any specific ways? Mm, n- not really, but mm-hmm. I, I was able to refine it more to make it more accessible in a way that it's maybe accessible is not the right word, but more, uh, maybe functional is, the, is a good work so that the user experience basically is, is super neat. And then also from my end, the experience of then teaching coaching online. Um, so I, I try to refine certain things in this time because I, I only did online work uh, for, I don't know, half a year or something like this. So it was good time to, yeah, to refine certain structures, but overall, I think it did not really change the whole aspect that I did online work. Right. You were already kind of like pre-set up before coronavirus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. I started doing uh, the online work uh, some years before that. So I had time to, to figure out how I want to do it personally and how it works for me and the, the people that are working with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was perfect. Um, and I'm very glad that I, that I had this all set up for, for this time right now. And amid after coronavirus and like being kind of not teaching as much in person and things like that has it changed uh any of the things that or any i don't know any of the ways that you would like to share things in person after not being with people for so long um i noticed that i um that i'm sharing a little bit more it's hard to express this but i try um I want to really share what moves me, basically. Um, 
I noticed that when I was teaching the workshops now and also the intensive that it was so nice for me to really share what moves me and 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 present this to other people and I also did this before obviously but I feel like I I want to do this even even deeper right now <laughs> in a way does it make sense to yeah yeah I understand I mean you know as you said like it's a constantly like evolving process and it's always changing and and you know, the way I reflect on it is like, you know, for a long time, it's like, you know, I had, I felt like I had a lot of really like interesting information. Right. And I'd mm-hmm. learned a lot of interesting things from a lot of interesting people, but it was like, in the end, it was just kind of organized as like content in my mind mm-hmm. and in, in, in what I presented. But for me in the last year and a half, it's been like suddenly realizing like the message that I care about. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I can like curate the the content that fits that message with that group at that moment on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more about the message than the content. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear you say that, it's like when you say it's like what you really care about. It's like that's that's how I relate relate it to what you're saying. Nice. Yeah, I think you said that beautifully. And this possibly is exactly what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll edit out the possibly and just let, and have it to say, this is exactly what I meant. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm so happy that we finally got to uh, connect in person. I feel like uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Kyle. That was, uh, I really enjoyed that. <laughs>